Welcome to the November 28th edition of the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm David Morsini. On today's show, we're going to go through the Leafs' wild weekend uh, with their back-to-backs. Two very crucial victories picked up there. We're also going to preview tonight's game against the Detroit Red Wings, where the Leafs will try to end the road trip on a positive note. That and more on today's edition of Locked On Leafs. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked on Leafs podcast, your daily fix for all things Leafs. I'm your host, David Morissuti from Sportsnet. We were having some technical issues getting Mike on the show today. We're going to see if we can get him a little later on, but for now, it will be me flying solo. And boy, we are going to just look back at this road trip for the Toronto Leafs, which ends tonight in Detroit. The Leafs are 3-0 so far after they picked up an impressive back-to-back performance. in Minnesota, and then on the following night against Pittsburgh. So we're going to go through all that. We're going to give our three stars of the road trip slash weekend. Plus, we're going to look ahead to their end of the road trip in Detroit Monday night. We're going to discuss all that and more on today's edition of Locked on Leafs. But just remember that this show can be found on YouTube at Locked on Leafs, and you can subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. So with Toronto Maple Leafs, they had a very tough task ahead of them, right? Uh, the whole, you know, narrative going into this road trip was how is this Leafs defense going to hold up, you know, without Morgan Riley, without Jake Muzzin, TJ Brody. And then after that New Jersey game, Jordy Ben also going down. So the body count of injured defensemen were going up, 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 and up. And it wasn't an easy stretch, right? After the New Jersey game, they had the Minnesota Wild, who were coming off a very impressive win over the Winnipeg Jets, the Pittsburgh Penguins, who aren't an easy team by any stretch, when you have again, Ian Malkin, Sidney Crosby, Chris Letang, and considering Toronto had lost that game in Toronto, uh, they also picked up the win in Pittsburgh earlier uh, in the month. But this was a very tough back-to-back for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And what probably was the most impressive part was, again, uh, I'll, I'll start with the with the Minnesota game because this was a game where the Toronto Maple Leafs built up a lead, and then they had the the, the backs and back and forth. The Minnesota Wild weren't relenting any pressure. All they were they were pushing Toronto from start to finish. You know, Kirill Kaprizov, what an incredible talented player that they have there in Minnesota. Really, a, a true gift to that team. But they have so many good young players and. I mean, we there was a lot of discussion about the addition of Ryan Reeves and that line of Ryan Reeves, uh, Marcus Felino, and Jordan Greenway, I believe, is the other one on that line. Just a, just a very tough, big line to go through. So, like, this was going to be a mismatch in terms of a matchup for the Toronto Maple Leafs, a bigger team, a more physical team against a skilled Leafs team that was already sh- you know shorthanded on the blue line. But just an impressive uh, performance from the Leafs in that, I mean, a, a good reason for that has to be, you know, you have to think about Matt Murray and his um, pretty much shutting it down late in the period, making that amazing save late in the game, 
pretty much he doesn't get across. That puck is going in. I mean, I was off of a turnover too. Those always are ones that have haunted the Leafs. And, you know, you got to give the Leafs credit for being able to hold on. They they really, they this was a game where it felt like the Leafs just had to just grind out and find a way to get it done. I mean, Matt Murray did his job uh, to, on that lay save, as I mentioned. So, all all, great performance. And also, Marc-Andre Fleury, the Leafs did a good job of taking advantage of a goaltender who clearly was was fighting it. There were some goals he let in where you could tell his body reaction after each goal wasn't great. And that's something that you have to do. You have to just take what the opposition will give you, right? They're always going to be pretty, the goals you score. But if you get into the right scoring positions, it does make a difference. And we saw that in this game. Of course, you know, the impressive part about all this, I think, when you look at that Minnesota game was, look at who the defensemen were in that final minute. Timothy Lilligren and Rasmus Sandin. Two guys, I mean, you're, you're putting them on a pairing together. Sometimes you want to shelter them, but on the road, you can't shelter anybody. And when you're down to, you know, so far down the depth chart, you can't hide anybody in these games. And it was good that we saw those two step up in those final moments. They got some help. <laughs> they, they definitely got some help to get that done. But I thought a really, really solid effort from the team there. I mean, obviously to pick up the win. But even better was the following night in Pittsburgh where, you know, a Penguins team that they, they've been on an emotional high, right, with Evgeny Malkin reaching 1,000 games. They had an incredible finisher against the Calgary Flames, where he scores as a shootout winner. You know, this is a team that started feeling good about themselves. You know, they they've had their ups and downs this season, but you know, coming going into that game, I think they were on a they were they were on a, a bit of a streak. So they had lost that game to Toronto back on November 15, five two. Matt Murray was incredible in that one. And then they went on and they and they had won five straight games. So Pittsburgh was clearly. You know, starting to starting to get the rhythm back, starting to get things going. They um, pretty much were putting themselves back into the playoff conversation in the uh, Metro Division. When it looked like a team like New Jersey was going to run away with it, and I mean, there's still significant games back, but again, you're seeing a, a Pittsburgh team that was starting to get their momentum going. And what does Toronto do? Not not even a minute in, taking advantage of a rare mistake from this Penguins veteran Penguins lineup where Mitch Marner gets behind the defense. Shout out to Austin Matthews with the great pass to find him open. He went to the net, and he made no mistake bearing his uh, bearing the goal and also extending his point streak to 16 games. We'll have more on that a little bit later, but you know, a great, great uh, performance there uh, from Mitch Marner to get things going. And, you know, when you look at this game, the Leafs, they smell blood in a way. Like, you know, they wanted. They knew that they were coming off a of back to back. Eric Shogren was in net, so they you know they want to pull for their for the young goaltender who's had his struggles. Didn't have a great performance against the Islanders with the giveaway, and you know losing that game and what looked like the Leafs were going to be on their way to a victory. So you could tell the Leafs were playing with more of a purpose. I mean, Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews combined for fourteen shots on goal just by themselves. And obviously, they're not playing on the same line. But, you know, Marner had two points. Matthews had three points, including an even strength goal 
that was scored on the forehand. Haven't seen that in a long time from Austin Matthews. You could tell that when that goal went in, almost like a, a sigh of relief, he kind of, it, it, there was something with Austin Matthews there where it looked like, you know, he's been battling with his confidence in the, you know, in this last stretch year. But I mean, you have, if you're going to talk about the Austin Matthews goal, you have to talk about the Michael Bunting play where I don't know. He, that he looked like a man on a mission possessed to get, pretty much get hooked slashed, whatever, still find a way to make a play, find Austin Matthews. And he uh, bared the shot. Those are the types of things we need to, you need to see more from this Leafs team, right? Just pushing, battling through, right? You're going to have, not everything's, not every bounce is going to go your way. But if you keep putting an effort forward, if you keep skating, if you keep pushing forward, those opportunities are going to go in. We saw that on the Michael Bunting play to Matthews. Uh, so that, that top line was really feeling it there. William Nylander. Two goals on this road trip as well. Um, we know that before the Minnesota game, it was very, very tough. That was the first game since Borja Salming passed away. Nylander scoring the goal that ties him with Salming for uh, for goals by a Swedish player. I think it was second. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I didn't have the stat in front of me. But just a, uh, just a great, great uh, effort there from uh, Nylander. So, a great two-game performance from the Toronto Maple Leafs. We're going to discuss more about this weekend, uh, Chip, when we come back. But before we do, I want to talk to you guys about Simply Save. If you thought about securing your home with home security, but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up. Right now, Locked On Leafs listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is the biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. Here is why I love it. You know, I'm somebody that wants to make sure that my uh, home is secure at all times. I also like these new features where you can check on things on your phone. And that's something that Simply Safe does very well. You know, make sure you're having crystal clear, high definition stream of your security cameras. You know, all the different high tech, sorry, high tech sensors that it comes with. And you can also check back uh, with the team. We have 24 hour monitoring. Uh, with the Simply Safe tech support staff. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 22 by US News and World Report. It's a third year in a row. It's pretty impressive, of course. In an emergency, 24/7 personal monitoring agents use FastBerry technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify that the threat is real so you can get prior- priority police response. Simply Safe is a home security system with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. As I mentioned, HD cameras, smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Don't miss out on a chance on the to save big on the only security system I would personally recommend. Get 50% off new simply a uh, new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash url today this is their biggest discount of the year so don't wait that's simply safe.com slash locked on nhl there's no safe like simply safe hello and welcome back to the locked on lease podcast david morsuit here and i think we got we finally got mike the on we were trying to get figure out a way to get mike on uh the show here so we do have him on the phone 
for those who are watching on YouTube, I got a nice little graphic here that's showing that Mike is on the phone. Mike, we were just I was just discussing the first segment. Leafs pretty picking up two pretty impressive victories, kind of two different types of performances. One where they dominate the Pittsburgh Penguins from start to finish, and they find a way to get past the uh, Minnesota Wild. And I, I, I'm liking what I'm seeing from this team battling through some, you know, adversity with, you know, everything that's been going on lately. And I think, you know, Matt Murray is somebody who got, a, you know, a lot of criticism over the course of the summer. Cal has got a lot of criticism over the summer over bringing Matt Murray. But I know it's still a small sample size. You got to tip your hat to the guy. I mean, he's, he's played really, really well. And I think there's a couple of games now that you could say, like, goaltending won you that game. And I think against the Minnesota Wild, goaltending was one of those things. I mean, he made that save in, like, the last seconds of that hockey game. Um, like, that was unbelievable, just going side to side and getting a blocker on it and getting a bat on it and able to keep uh, keep it a, a one-score game. So I think that I do want to give some credit to, to Matt Murray for his performance that he had on Friday. And then also you got to give a little pat on the back to Eric Schalgren. Almost got this call is up. now being recorded. Oh, that's okay, Mike. You're good. Uh, I was just making sure we were recording here. Um, but okay, so let's go through our three stars of this weekend here. Um, I look at, um, you know, you brought up Matt Murray. I think for the third star here, I got to go with uh, the Leafs, uh, the Leafs defense as a unit, like top to bottom, just unbelievable work from this uh, Leafs defense, especially. Uh, I shouted them out in the first segment, but I figured we give them a shout out in the second segment, and that's uh, you know Timothy Lilligren and Rasmus Sandin. Yeah, like two guys yeah. that have yeah. stepped up when you're you know looking at everything that's gone with this Leafs team, and they really needed those two guys to step up. Yeah, we look like idiots, don't we? I mean, <laughs> yep. We're sitting here a week ago and we see all these injuries start to pile up and we're like, Kyle's got to do something. This blue line's not good enough. They're weak. They haven't played well. That third pair of those young guys have been, uh, they haven't looked very good. And I've got Gio and Hall as your first pair. We're going to get decimated. It's going to be a clobbering and, and they're going to find themselves, you know, on the outside looking into the playoff spot to start December if they don't make a move. Well, they didn't. Kyle Dubas came out and said, we're going to take the next little bit to uh, to evaluate and assess what we have here internally. And he didn't make a rash decision, a rash move. And I think that clearly the right move, I guess, that he made there. Because, yeah, they've gotten some outstanding, outstanding play on the blue line. In particular, you look at the, the top four. Like, Paul and Giordano have been on the ice. I think I saw over the last three games, 26, um, I mean, yeah, 26 defensive zone starts over the last three games. And that's against the New Jersey Devils, one of the best offensive teams in the NHL, the Minnesota Wilds, who have insanely talented offensive players, and the Pittsburgh Penguins, who have a guy by the name of Sidney Crosby and Geno Malkin on their team. And in those 26 D zone starts, and I mean, you could take all the time that they've played over the last three games. They have yet to surrender a goal at five-on-five, those two as defensive partners. That's outstanding. When you look at the the quality of competition that they're facing, both of them playing up over 20 minutes a night, a little bit of their weight, and they've yet to surrender a goal 
playing sound, simple hockey. A lot of the forwards, they're getting help from the forwards, like you're seeing five guys in below the hash mark. But you've you got to give credit to those guys. And then you mentioned Lilligren and, and Sandine, obviously. I think what they have an expected goals the other night of, of 70%. I mean, that's just good stuff. They're, they're, they're on the ice. They're, they're out shooting their opponents when they're on the ice. They're playing well defensively. Sandine's playing with some confidence, carrying the puck well. I really like what we're seeing out of these guys. And I just hope that when, you know, Riley and Brody return to this lineup, they can all continue to play this way and continue to play as a group because this is when the team is best defensively. Yeah, I think uh, I've been seeing some tweets about, like, oh, how the team has performed without Morgan Riley. I don't think the least defensive issues are all on Morgan Riley. I just think when guys go down, you're seeing it, it kind of inspires the rest of the lineup to have to pick up and carry the load. And that's what we're seeing from yeah. this team. Like, they, they've clearly realized we got to rise to the occasion here. We have them playing well as a unit before these injuries happen. It, it kind of almost like an, an adrenaline rush, but it's been an adrenaline rush for like three games with everything that's happened here. Um, second, yeah. second star for me, and I, I, I don't think he's been getting a lot of love. He did get it after the Pittsburgh game, but that's Pontus Olmberg. Ah, yes. Like a, a guy that no one really was talking much about. He scores that nice, his first goal against New Jersey. And he had, a, and he had another goal. Uh, like he's, and Sheldon Keefe even came out and said, I can't find anything he's doing wrong. Isn't that crazy? Unbelievable. Like that, and that's exactly what you want out of a bottom six board, right? Go out there. If you can produce a little bit, you score twice in a matter of a couple of games, and you're not doing anything wrong either defensively away from the puck. Like, that's exactly what this team needs in their bottom six. And he, he's giving them some real sound solid play from there and, and that's you know that, that's exactly what this team needs right now yeah they do they especially the depth below you know in the bottom in the bottom six hasn't really stepped up in a way you got Ponsom who has three points in eight games you know he's not he's he's producing on the ice he's not you know when, when it comes to possession stats you know he's well above there he's not you know being shelled at all and it, it allows other guys I think to you know to kind of you know work and help this rookie, right? And and we we're now talking about the Canadian wave of talent on this team, but the Swedish wave with him, with Nylander, Engvall's been playing better. I, I mean, it's still there's still areas I think Engvall needs to work on, but he's been better. You can't really uh, talk too much bad about what the Fords have been doing in these games. And I think, yeah. go ahead, Mike. Well, I'm just saying, like like a big difference, and you, you're seeing this in Holmberg too, and I'm. I'm I guarantee you this is this is a, a prerogative of, of the Maple Leaf sport, but a big difference in what I'm seeing from those guys, and Holmberg is part of that, is we're just seeing a lot more pressure from the forwards on the forecheck. And they're keeping drives alive by getting extra ozone possessions, by pressuring forwards, causing turnovers, you know, forcing turnovers, stripping pucks off guys. Mitch Martin's been amazing at this too. Um, and, and they've been able to establish extra ozone possessions, which has resulted in, in a couple extra goals over the course of the last week. Yeah, we're yeah we're we're seeing them really put the pressure on teams, and no one on this team is doing a better job at that than Mitch Marner, who is I think oh, yeah. right now how how the narrative has it, it just see this seems like Marner's trait. 
the narrative changer. I think that's going to be my nickname for him going forward because at first we wanted him gone or we wanted to figure out what's wrong with Mitch. Now it's like Mitch is clearly the driver of this team right now. 16-game point streak. I know, and he's close. He could continue this and get close to Daryl Sittler's record of 18. It's it's not only Marner's offensive play, but we're seeing it on the defensive end too, with how, with his impact on the ice. Yeah, I've always said this, and you can you can attest this because you've heard me say it on the show. I've always thought that Marner was a Selkie candidate player. I have always been of the belief of that, and he not only plays well off at five on five, the guy kills penalties at that, but. You know, I, I think that Mitch Marner is starting to really get his flowers for his individual play, his individual success. Because, um, you know, last year, a lot of what he did, I don't think we appreciated it as much because he was doing it alongside Austin Matthews, who took up a lot of the space with his 60-goal campaign, scoring 51 in a 50-game mark. Like, I think that's really you know, what we focused on a lot of the time. But now looking back on it and looking at, you know, Matthew struggling a little bit, although he started to break out of the funk uh, on, on Saturday against Pitt. But, you know, just seeing what Marner has been able to do for Tavares this season since going over there, what he's doing for himself, I think he's starting to – he himself can actually elevate the guys he plays with. And I think that's really um, what makes Mitch Marner – one of the best hockey players, not just in, in, in Toronto, obviously, but one of the best hockey players in the world. Like, there's not many wingers out there, if there is one right now, that is playing better hockey than Mitch Martin. Just, I don't think there is. Like, right now, he's playing the best hockey of any winger in hockey. Uh, it's hard to disagree with that. I know, you know, Leon Dreisau and Carter McDavid have been getting, you know, getting a lot of love to start the season, but... Where I think people fail to understand why we're so big on what Marner's been doing is he's doing it at both ends of the ice. I'm sorry, but if you look at Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, those guys have not been doing it on both sides of the ice. The fact that Connor McDavid leaves the, leaves the NHL with 36 points, but he has an even plus-minus rating. And I know plus-minus isn't the best stat because it talks about, you know, there's it's, it's tough to look at it. But in this case... You have to you have to look at the fact that the, those guys aren't bringing it on the other end, and that's why the Edmonton Oilers have had their struggles. Because as good as the Oilers have done offensively, when those guys aren't producing at the other end or not producing at all, the Oilers aren't doing well. Mitch Marner's carrying this team, but he has other guys also helping the Leafs team be successful. Do me a favor, Dave. Do me a favor. Mm-hmm. When we talk about David producing offensively leading the league in points. Go look at how many of those points are coming on the power play. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're, that's your favorite stat. Wow. No, it's not my favorite, my favorite stat. It's like his, his five-on-five numbers have not been to where you think they would be. Not that they haven't been good, but they're not where you think they would be for Connor McDavid. They really just aren't. Like, last I checked, which would have been, and I'm driving right now, so I can't mm-hmm. look this up. Maybe you could. But last I checked, he was 86 among forwards who had played 200 or more minutes this season. He was 86 in points per 60 at five on five. Wow, I, I'm just look, I'm looking it up right now, but I'll let you keep going. Yeah, like and, 
and, and I feel like Jason Robertson was up there. Uh, second, Nico Heischer, I think, was first at the time I checked. It's going to be uh, Thursday or Friday, I think, is, is when I look these numbers up. But So it could have been changed a little bit over the weekend. But going into the weekend, that's, that, those were the stats that uh, going into Amer- – at American Thanksgiving, he was 86 in the NHL. So um, not that that should take anything away from what he's doing this year and the fact that he's leading the league, but – you know, a lot of those are kind of, Mitch Marner, a lot of what he's doing is coming out five on five. You know, like he leads the Leafs in gold assistant points at five on five this season. It's, it's, it's really impressive what he's been able to do. You know, it is really impressive. And, you know, we would definitely want to see that continue. The Leafs do have one more game on this road trip as they go and play the Detroit Red Wings. We're going to take a short break, but uh, when we come back, we're just going to give our quick three keys to the game uh, as they try to continue this road trip and extend their winning streak. Uh, this Locked On These Podcasts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And, of course, today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net, your number one source for sports betting, info, stats, news, and analysis. At the latest odds and trends, for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer, hockey, and esports, they've got it all at betonline.net, especially during this World Cup, where I'm sure many are placing bets and earning some great cash. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're the, always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Welcome back to the Locked On These Podcast. David Morissuti here. We got our first ever time having a phone phoner with Mike coming in. Mike really wanted, he didn't want to miss this episode. He said, Dave, whatever you can do to get me on, get me on. I worked my magic, figured out a way. We got Mike here. And the Leafs are going to try to finish this road trip on a winning note against the Detroit Red Wings, who are not an easy easy out. They're, they're, they're a weird team to kind of figure out this season. They're... They're right behind the Leafs in the Atlantic Division with 26 uh, points. They do the Leafs do have three games in hand. Um, the Leafs have also got a five point lead in the standings on Detroit. But this is a game where I think the Leafs need to ha- have a bit of a statement to to kind of cool the the Red Wings' momentum here because they're they've won the last four games the Red Wings and they've they're six two and two in their last ten games. Yeah, I think tonight's going to be big for the Toronto Maple Leafs trying to end this uh, this road trip on a on a you know on another W because they've been they've been solid on the road. I mean, go and try and get a sweep on the road, eight of eight points. I mean, outstanding for a team considering all the injuries that they had. But when they were about to go on under the road trip, it's it's really something that we were not expecting. Um, but I think tonight's going to be important for uh, like in particular. Austin Matthews to keep going because, you know, what we saw from him on Saturday, it, we started to see shades of the old Austin. He finally scored like a patented wrist shot goal, like in the slot, had some time and space, but was able to put him to the back of the net, right? And, and outstanding play by Michael Bunting, by the way, mm-hmm. to, uh, to, to, to make that play happen. But it's just something that we really haven't seen much of this year. Austin Matthews scoring at five on five. It's the first time we've seen him score a goal. Um, you know, with the front of his stick facing the goaltender. Like, they've come off, they've, they've all been the def- deflections, and I can't remember the other way that he scored a goal, but it wasn't maybe a backhand deke or something like that. But it was not, and it's that five-on-five, five, I'm, I'm speaking in particular. 
but we finally saw it. So I think tonight I want to see that continue. Um, and I need to, like, if Austin Matthews starts, gets going here. Once. If yeah. Austin Matthews gets going, Dave, this team is in really, really good shape because you've got Mitch Marner who is playing at the same level, if not better, than he was last year in the back half of the season. You've got John Tavares playing a lot better than he was a year ago, producing um, a lot more than he was. You've got William Nylander, who's got, what, six goals in the last eight games, something like that. And then if you can get Austin Matthews rolling here at 5-on-5, you've got something. You have got something, my friend. And uh, I, I, I think this team will really take off in, in the back half of, well, I guess not the back half, but in uh, the final month of the season, let's say, of December to round out 2022, if he can get going and continue what he did on Saturday, continue that tonight in Detroit. Yeah, it's going to be – yeah, I mean, considering the Leafs have been on this roll and Austin Matthews has not been firing on all cylinders, says a lot about – kind of what the Leafs are trying to embody here and trying to find other ways for guys to step up when the Stars aren't playing at their best. When you look at the Red Wings here, I'm a little confused on why this Red Wings team has been good considering their goaltending hasn't been very very stellar. Like, Nadelkovic and Huso have not been very... In terms of when you look at the goal save the bug expected, like, Nadelkovic is, like, the second worst in the NHL and Huso is, like, 28th from the top, like... Not a great, not a great combination, but Detroit's finding a way to win these games. I, I mean, maybe it's a lot of got to do with you know Dylan Larkin and Dominic Kubalik being able to keep things going. But I'm a little confused on how the Red Wings are in the position that they're in right now. Yeah, like I'll be completely honest, I haven't watched many Red Wings games this year, but they've got some good pieces. Like this was a team that went out this off season and got some good character guys. They went out, they got. Dominic Kubalik on a really solid deal. They got uh, David Perron. Um, they made one. Andrew Kopp, they went out and got. You're seeing elevation from Mo Sider, from Lucas Raymond. You know, Dylan Larkin, obviously, coming and playing some really solid, solid and sound hockey for them. So they're just, you know, they, they've got some really good players. And, and I think, you you know, you noted it. They're kind of gutting out some, some victories here. And it's, you know, at the end of the day, they don't ask how a lot of the time. They just, you know, say, okay, they're third in, in the Atlantic. They're racking up points. They're a tough out. It's a tough team to play against. So I think Toronto, though, for tonight going into it, like if you can get off to a good start, go into the – well, it's not Joe Lewis Arena. Was it Little Caesars now? Yeah, Little God, Caesar I hate Arena. that so much. <laughs> you go into Little Caesars Arena and you go in there and, you, you know, you, you get a couple of quick goals, you quiet the crowd. And then from there on out, you just continue to play that defensive game that you have been over the course of this road trip. I think that's going to be a big key. Like, you look at how they've played over the last couple games, kind of been their MO, right? Strong first periods, get a lead, and then hold the lead. And I think that's probably going to have to be one of the keys tonight. Yeah, that that's one for me right there is get off to a good start because you don't want to give the Red Wings any uh, momentum in this game. And, you know, try to – if Huso is going to be starting tonight, so – you know, you're going to get the better of the two goaltenders, but make that guy uncomfortable early. The Leafs did that against Pittsburgh. I have confidence that they'll be able to do that against Detroit tonight. Um, you know, the Red Wings have been doing a much better job defensively during this winning streak. They have a plus, um, a goal differential of plus 12. So 
you know, this isn't a f- total fluke what they're doing, but you know, they're they're not going to make things easy on the Leafs get that puck uh, in the net, especially on the power play. The uh, Red Wings penalty kill has been very good. They're sixth in the NHL right now. So this is a, a Detroit team that clearly wants to be a better defensive team and get, uh, you know, that's got to get things going on the offensive side. Uh, you know, th- they got guys that can produce offensively as well. So it's going to be a very important game for the Leafs and for both uh, – for both teams. So, Mike, any predictions for the game tonight? I think they keep it rolling. I think they pick up 8 of 8. I'm going to go with um, 4-2. 4-2 final. I like that. There's going to be All a lot of Leafs scores. fans there. I expect a lot of Leafs fans there. They've traveled very well yeah. during this road trip. So, expecting a good crowd of uh, road fans in this one. So, um, I think that's so how... It's all, it's all, go ahead, Mike. It's just... It's, funny because you got detroit which which borders windsor so you have half the city that are detroit fans and the other half of the city that are leaf fans and a lot of them do cross over and, and go to the game so yeah. it's, it is kind of a a funny little situation in in uh, in hockey town yeah other than buffalo detroit's a great you know road game to watch just because of how close these yeah. uh the close it is so it's gonna be a very fun one there um i think we'll end the, end the show there mike uh thank you very much for doing what you could to get here so I do appreciate that. Um, and uh, make sure you come back and watch us as we will break down this Leafs versus Red Wings game on the next episode. Uh, make sure you go and subscribe to wherever you get the Locked on Leafs podcast, whether that's uh, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon. We're, all, we're on all these platforms. Make sure you also go on YouTube at Locked on Leafs and follow us on Twitter at the underscore Morsuti and at Mickey underscore Canuck. We'll be back, as I said, after the Red Wings game. So until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.